Welcome to Santos Brothers Eats. Food worth mentioning. All right, so welcome everyone to Santos Brothers Eat. I'm here with my brother, Jeff, Chef Jeff, and my name is Kenny. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Kenny? Wonderful. And so this podcast, we are one of those brothers, actually. We're, we're one of those sets of brothers and one of those many people that love to eat food. And we always talk about food and we, talk, and we thought to ourselves, if we're going to be talking about it, why don't we tell other people? Because as the title implies, the food that we eat and the food that we talk about is food worth mentioning. So we're going to share a couple meals, some takeout, some that, um, that we've uh, actually, not so much me, that my brother Jeff has prepared at home. And we're just going to share that with you. And we invite you to not only partake in our food, especially the takeout food, we can't, you know, have the food that we've made at home. But if you, um, you know, like, you know, what we're talking about, you know, give us a little ring and um, we can talk about that. We'll also leave the links and mention all the restaurants that we have in the descriptions or in all of the show notes. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit. Um, Jeff, how long have you been a chef for now? Uh, seriously, I've been cooking, uh, let's see, since about 1993, 91 maybe. Um, so as a lot of my friends and Ken knows especially, I actually got into cooking because of the classic show Three's Company. The um, lead actor, John Ritter, who played Jack Tripper, he was a chef. And for some reason that struck a bell with me. Um, so I decided to pursue that career as a chef. And I went to school at George Brown College in Toronto, um, the two-year culinary management program. I actually apprenticed at the Harbour Castle Weston and also Canada's Wonderland. When I was there, uh, we made all the food in the park. Uh, in the wintertime, we'd go in and make like lots of lasagnas. Uh, we'd roll the dough, make the dough for uh, beef pies, uh, enchiladas, make the taco sauce, um, and freeze them, um, like backpack freeze them. And so, and we could, and then uh, when the park opened in the summer, spring and summer, they would take the frozen lasagnas and, or stuff out and then bring them to the various restaurants would have them they would defrost them cook them resauce them and portion out to the customers i know it sounds like a it's a park it's a it's, it's an amusement park but there was also a vip dining room uh on the main street of wonderland for those of you who know wonderland above it was called alporn there was a private dining room and when they had vip guests from king's island or sponsors or or um, partners they would bring them up there and they would serve them gourmet meals and i was part of that team for about uh i think half a year half a semester sorry half a summer because then i would actually work in the park as well so i did a lot of my my my, my cooking there at wonderland and at harbor castle weston and me being a chef my wife diana uh, loves the fact that she has a chef at home and I make meals for her and for my family and friends when they come over. But we also do go out and eat a lot, as Ken mentioned. Yeah. So if you ever look at Jeff's Instagram account, uh, you're going to see that he does eat out a lot. Of course, during these times of lockdown and quarantine, we're, we're practicing social distancing and, and being safe. But at the same time of, of not only being safe and making sure that um, we're not spreading the virus or, or contracting the virus, we're also making the, uh, the effort to support local businesses, which is important as well. 
And I do want to point out, you know, I, I also worked at Canada's Wonderland for about four years and I just learned something. I, first of all, I had no idea that you guys were making the meals like before the season. I just thought uh, those were from out. Like I thought, I thought you guys bought those. Like I didn't realize that you, that was made oh, you know, okay. before the season. And I had no idea there was a VIP restaurant or a VIP ah. lounge. And I worked yep. there for four years and, and I had no <laughs> idea that you were even involved in it. First of all, I didn't know there was one and I didn't know that you were involved with it. <laughs> so that, that is pretty funny to me. And this is, I mean, I worked there in the nineties. So we're talking like over 20 years later, I find this out. Jess, you've been cooking for, if I'm doing my math right, over 30 years or coming on 30 years, something like that. 91, yeah. Oh, not quite 30. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Getting there yeah. So, but we're going to talk about a couple meals today. Um, we're going to talk about, like I said, a couple of takeout meals today. And again, we're, we're being very responsible, practicing social distancing as we do that, but also, um, making an effort to support all of our local businesses. And I'm going to talk about a place that, um, some of you may have heard before. It's called, it's called smokes, right? Is it called smokes patinery, Jeff? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So Jeff came by and, and visited and, uh, decided to bring over some takeout food because uh, he was going over to Smokes. And I'm one of those guys that, um, as far as poutine goes, I like poutine, but I'm not a super fan. Some people are just super duper fans of poutine. And I'm one of those people, it's like, you know, if, if I see it, you know, I'll probably eat some because I love food. But if I never have a single bite of poutine for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. And actually, I'm just thinking some people, especially if, you know, if they're outside of Canada, they don't know what poutine is. Jeff, why don't you explain that? So basically, poutine is from our, uh, from Quebec. It's a province that's east of Ontario. And basically, it's French fries with cheese curds, as most cheeses do when they add, when, when there's heat to them, they will stretch and melt. Um, but the classical Classical poutine from Quebec is French fries, cheese curds, and a nice rich gravy. So that's a, a classic French poutine right there. I want you guys to think about that. French fries, cheese curds, and then a, a gravy on top. So what happens is the, the gravy melts the cheese on top of all the fries, and it all gets mixed together. And it actually it is actually quite tasty. Um, I'm for, for whatever reason, I'm just not a big super fan of it. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a hater of it, but I'm not a super fan of it. There's a place called smokes patinery. There's a lot of poutine places, um, you know, in the Toronto area. And that's where we're, you know, th that's, that's where we live in the, in the GTA that does all these different styles of poutine. Like even, um, even McDonald's during the summer has like the bake, maple, make, sorry, maple bacon poutine, which is, you know, yeah. um, poutine with, uh, maple and bacon you know and so the one i'm talking about today is because i think now that i think of it smokes patinery has been around for forever and a day but i hardly ever go and i um you asked me what i wanted i wanted the korean the korean um mm. is basically um it's a flat iron steak with some korean barbecue sauce some green onions and of course it still has a squeaky cheese um i called a squeaky cheese because when i lived in the states that's what they called it they called it squeaky. oh really yeah <laughs> yeah, so it's the cheese curds, a squeaky, squeaky cheese, and then it also had um, sambal. Um, what's sambal, Jeff? Do you know? Yeah, sambal olek is a is a is a chili sauce. Okay. Um, like like sriracha is the is the is a new thing out there now, uh, but the precursor to that was sambal. It's a bit thicker and actually has the um, the seeds from the various peppers that they use to make it. Uh, I'm not a big hot spicy person, so I've only had it 
like a very, very little bit. And to me, that's like too hot. Um, but that's what Samuel Olek is. Excellent. So the, the, this, this meal here, um, you know, when you go to, when you go get poutine, you either get a small or a large and, um, I don't know what size you gave me, but it was certainly a meal. Do you remember what size yeah, you gave me? That, that was a medium. That was the, um, oh, there's a, there's three sizes. So there's three a sizes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, again, I'm not someone that loves poutine, but I would get this definitely again. Actually, if I go back, or when I go back to smokes, I'll probably go back again. But I will definitely get that again. I was really surprised at the flavor. The Korean barbecue sauce has some sweetness, and I love sweetness um, with my savory, especially if there's meat involved. Um, that's just one of my favorite things is 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 having that, and that, and that was perfect with the, with the Korean. And it was spicy. Um, what I would recommend if you're not into spice all that much, make sure you mix it all together because otherwise you're going to get pockets of spice and then mm -hmm. pockets of non-spice and the pockets of spice are really going to be overwhelming. And I like spice a little bit more than Jeff, but I'm, I'm not too overboard. I'm not one of those guys that will order, you know, a tray of suicide wings or anything like that. And so definitely a super awesome meal I would recommend. And, you know, if you want to go out to smokes, they have, I don't know, at least half a dozen to a dozen different types of poutine um, where there's like a butter chicken poutine or there's probably a, um, a bacon one. There's all these different types, but I had the Korean would definitely yep. recommend that again. And I actually had it because usually you want to have poutine right when it's fresh, you know, when it comes out, the, the cheese is all melty and, and, and everything. And of course you don't like older fries. Like even if, a, if fries are half an hour old, you don't really like them because if they're in a box or all steamed together, it just doesn't turn out well. I ended up because, um, I had eaten before you given me the food. I ended up eating this a little bit later. I had to reheat it. But even oh, yeah. though I reheated it, it was still absolutely spectacular. Um, I imagine, um, you know, if I was a poutine lover, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10. Um, oh, nice. If it, was, if it was fresh, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10 um, as a poutine lover, um, you know, just because I had it later. Um, but as a non-poutine lover, I'll maybe knock that down to a 6. Still, okay. I, but still, even with all that, I would still get it. Do you remember the price point around that? Because you're the one that bought that for me. Yeah, it was about in the average between twelve and fifteen dollars, if I remember correctly, okay. for a medium. For medium, yeah. and and that is a meal that like a lot of people think oh, well, it's yeah. fries and it's a side. No, it, poutine is not necessarily a side. I've ordered poutine as a side before, even a, a small poutine as a side. Like if you go to a restaurant, you have a burger and a side of poutine. I'm I usually either can't finish it or if I do finish it, I don't feel that good afterwards. And so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how poutine is. Maybe that's why I don't have it that much because I'd rather have like an actual, well, it is a meal, but I'd rather have like a burger instead of like, you know, poutine as, as my main, but that's what I'd like to talk about. Um, uh, or that, that, that's what I wanted to mention. This is definitely food worth mentioning. Smokes yeah. poutinery, the Korean between, um, you know, up to $15 for this particular. And actually, I think that if uh, you could probably share that, you could probably share that, um, even the medium, you don't even have to share the large, even the medium no. is shareable if you yeah. wanted to do that. Exactly. Um, right. and, and just a shout out to Smokes Poutinery, because um, the day we got that was actually National Poutine Day. Hmm. And Smokes, in, in junction with Cisco Canada, they did a buy one, give four during that day or during that weekend. And so what that was, was if you order poutine, then Smokes and Cisco will donate four pounds of potatoes to donate to local food banks. 
Um, and I'm under, under Twitter right now. And back in April 12th of this year, that was National uh, Putin Day or Weekend. In one day, they gave 10,000 pounds of potatoes to local food banks. Um, so wow. yes, yeah, so a shout out to Smokes Patinery. Uh, so that's at Smokes Patinery and at Cisco Canada for that initiative. Um, and again, like Ken mentioned before earlier, and during this time of the pandemic, there are a lot of people out there going hungry. Um, so, you know, always do your part to donate at what you can. And this was a great incentive by Smokes Patinery to do that. Again, that's their buy one, give four campaign on National Poutine Day. That's spectacular. And again, another reason to support local yes we don't really need a reason but this is just another reason to support local i know many of us were a little bit timid about going out but if you do it responsibly then it's certainly you're doing your part you're doing your part do it responsibly do your part make sure that you're practicing all the precautions you know if and when you do eat out and um we're, uh, coming up next we're going to have jeff talk about something that he made at home so what I made at home, I actually got uh, a T-Fowl Active Fry air fryer. As, as, as we mentioned before, I like French fries, but I don't really have a deep fat fryer at home. And friends of my wife, Diana, they had an Active Fry um, from T-Fowl. And I always looked at, I've always been looking at an air fryer myself in the back of my head. But again, because we're in this time, we're quarantined, and I want to try more recipes at home, I finally bit the bullet and we bought an active fry. And one of the first recipes I wanted to do was fried chicken. Now my wife is gluten intolerant. She's not, uh, she doesn't have a gluten allergy, but something in her system hates gluten. So I always try to make gluten-free alternatives. And I found some great recipes on gluten-free fried chicken. And I actually also went out and bought some gluten-free flour to try some more stuff later on. So basically what it is, is gluten-free flour, a basic chicken marinade. So I actually made buttermilk, which is uh, one tablespoon of vinegar, and then top it off to make a cup of butter, of regular milk to make buttermilk. I let the chicken soak in that with some other spices. Then I made a mixture of seasoned uh, gluten-free flour and cornmeal for extra crunch. Um, so chicken was marinating overnight. Then when time came, I just spread the chicken with the flour and cornmeal mix in the active fry it went and after about 25 minutes the 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 the, uh, the crust was nice and crispy chicken was cooked all the way through and i also added some potatoes in the last 10 minutes of that to you know make it a meal but yeah i'm amazed on how well the active fry went um yeah the, like i said the crispy the chicken was still crispy so again, that's a T-Fowl active fry. And then yeah. you mentioned it was 25 minutes. Is that, that sounds like a long time. Is that typically how long, that sounds like longer than a regular deep fry, isn't it? Yeah, of, of course it is. Because okay. in a regular deep fat fryer, the temperature is like 350 degrees of hot oil. Um, and the chicken's going down and it's being encompassed in hot oil. So hot oil compared to hot air is much harder, is much hotter and will cook faster that way. Um, so it is a long time. But for me, the time of cooking it were the time of, you know, having oil just sitting around and disposing the oil properly. I, I don't mind that trade-off at all. You know, it does, and it's probably it's just, trade -off. It's, it's just healthier for you. Yeah, so. and that's, that's the big thing too. It's, it's healthier for you, air yeah. versus oil. Um, <laughs> and then with the, um, with, with the chicken and the potatoes, I know a lot of carbs, but I also made 
uh, gluten-free cornbread mm. with that. Um, and again, I had a cornmeal. And oh, but I, actually what made this cornbread more moister was the addition of cottage cheese. Diana likes a more softer cornbread as, as opposed to like a, a, a crumbly cornbread. And it was kind of funny because our one of our local stores, Loblaws, had a, you know, a good deal on either two tubs of sour cream or two tubs of cottage cheese or one in one. Um, we had a lot of sour cream in our house because of potatoes and other stuff. But sour cream isn't that like two tubs is, is too much for us. And I asked Diana, do you eat cottage cheese? And he said, well, not really, but sometimes. And I said, okay. And then I was on Pinterest and I looked up cottage cheese recipes. And one of the first ones popped up was cottage cheese cottage cheese cornbread and I knew right away that's what I'm making nice. and I made it for Diana and she said it was one of the best cornbread she ever had you said that Diana said it was the best cornbread she's ever had is that right it, it to be yes that's what she said okay. again because she likes the moistness of the cornbread um and it was it was the best cornbread she ever had she said would we be able to like do you remember the recipe like or the link to the recipe or something I I do I it's if you have Pinterest you know you could you could you could keep uh, links or badges they call them or pins Pinterest yeah, of course pins. pins I will make sure to to, uh, to forward that to you for for our listeners absolutely yeah so we'll, so if you want the best cornbread that a gluten-free eater has had in their entire life right then uh, you may want to check out our show notes because we'll make sure to have that and then um, of all the food that Jeff has been talking about so far where it comes down to the uh, the gluten-free fried chicken and the uh, gluten-free cornbread. There are uh, photographs of that on his Instagram account, and I'll be uh, leaving links as well to mm -hmm. that um, in the show notes. And then, um, well, you also ate out yes. um, recently. Tell us a little that bit about right. that. So one of our favorite places to go is Canto uh, by Tita Flips. Canto, uh, Tita Flips is Diona Joyce and she does Filipino cuisine but elevated to the next level. Diona Joyce is great. We first met her. I, I do comedy as a, as a hobby and she was one of our food vendors for our comedy show and that's how we met uh, Kent, Diona and Tita Flips in Canto. On that day, we had uh, Topsilog mm. and we also had um, uh, what did we have? Oh, Oh, uh, Ken, the beef one. What's it called? Um, the beef one? That's yeah. Topsy Log. Okay, what's the one with the pork? Then uh, Tocino. Tocino Log. Tocino Log? Yeah. Tocino Log, yes. Okay. Tocino Log, yes. So why don't we, before we even go in, like, and start explaining this food here, uh, l let's explain the name. Because a lot of people won't understand, like, Tito Flips, like, what's, what's the point of that name? Oh, Can you yes. just go into okay. that a little bit? Oh, and yeah, by the way, me and Jeff, we're both Filipino. So this is why we like this Filipino food. But talk about Tito Flips uh, and the name. Yeah, so Tito Flips, basically, Tita is the Filipino word for aunt. And in most cultures, most of your parents' friends, they're your Tita. No matter if they're related to you or not, they're always your tita. So, of course, tita flips is, a, is an homage to, you know, your, your tita. Uh, and flips is or may or may not be a derogatory term for a Filipino, but flips is, is our sort of nickname. So tita flips is a good uh, combination of the name of our homage to a Filipino aunt. Um, and Canto, I'm not too sure about Canto. Don't know, Do you know what Canto. Go. Okay, no, so don't know Canto. Yeah, and so but Tito Flips. That's where that's where Tito Flips comes from. That's where that name <laughs> came from. And so let me explain a little bit about Tupsilog and 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 Tosilog. 
Um, so there is, there's a popular uh, meal in the Philippines that's, um, that's just beef tapa. And Jeff will explain that a little bit. And then in the morning, it's, it's a breakfast item and you have that with rice and egg. And so mm -hmm. the short form and, and, and in Filipino and Tagalog, the, the name for an egg is itlog. And so you put the two of them together, it's tapa and itlog. Um, and then I don't know where the S comes from. Maybe some of our Filipino friends would know better, but the name together is tapsilog. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it's a tapa with the egg and then the tocino is, is a pork dish. And, and basically tosilog is that pork with the eggs. But um, why don't you go ahead and start explaining that? Did you have both of those that day? You and Diana? Yeah, we ordered. Yes, yeah, we ordered one of each, so we do share. Um, and like Ken said, it's the beef is prepared in in certain spices. And like Ken said, we are we're both Filipino, but unfortunately, we don't cook Filipino dishes. Like we leave that we leave that up to our dad, and or we go out for Filipino food. I know it's it's a sin, but it's one of those things where I never really cut up on on Filipino cooking. Maybe I should because of, uh, I, I have time now at home to catch up, but I know I probably won't have the same finesse as people that have been doing it for years and years. Um, but uh, yeah, so both the, 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 the tapa and the tocino are married in different various spices to give them both a unique flavor. Uh, I find that the, the, the tocino uh, I like it a bit better than the tapa because I like more sweetness in my food. Um, what about you, Ken? Which, which one do you prefer? I like tocino more uh, okay. than, than tapsilog, but I, I don't get to have the top the tapa as much. Actually, the last no. time I even had tapa, I think I was actually in Manila. <laughs> like it was like, okay. it, I don't get it a lot here in Canada, um, but yeah. I like them both. And for those of you that haven't tried it, it is, it is, um, and both the, 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 the tapa and, and the tocino, the, the beef and the pork, they, they taste a little bit different, but they're both savory and sweet. And it's something that I love to eat for breakfast. If I could have that every day, I would. Mm -hmm. I could have topsy look or tosi look every single morning. I certainly would. And, so and, and I, don't forget uh, langonisa as well. And langonisa, um, that's a Filipino uh, uh, sausage. And again, um, it's a pork sausage. And again, that has some sweetness to it. Yes. Um, uh, I find a lot of Filipino dishes, for, especially the morning breakfast dishes, have, have a lot of sweetness in mixed with the savory with their meats, which is something that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I, for those of you that like comedy, uh, Joel Coy, um, he's a Filipino comic from Los Angeles, I believe. And um, I, I think myself and Ken and most Filipinos who grew up in, in North America are second generation, second generation Filipinos because what our parents gave us for breakfast when we were young, we thought that was normal. And that's what Joel Coy said. A Filipino breakfast is any meat from the night before with rice and an egg. That's breakfast. And I believe that's where all these, like Topsilog, uh, Tosilog, and, and Langanisilog, that's where it came from. It's basically the, whatever's left over from, from dinner, add rice and egg, and that's your breakfast. And, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes, uh, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. really good. What would yeah. you... And then with, the, um, oh. with our meals was achara, which Diana loves. It's a Filipino green papaya relish. So there's green papaya, which is a which is papaya, which is green, and it's naturally green. It doesn't mean that it's, it's unripened, but it's naturally green. Um, it's a bit bitter, 
and with some carrots and maybe some sweetness like a fruit, like raisins. And it's, it's, it's like a relish, it's, it's, it's pickled. Mm. So when you mix that in with the rice and the sweetness or the savoriness of the, either the beef or the tocino or the, or the uh, langanisa, it's a good balance of all flavors together. So you have that with ketchup then, It's a good one. Oh, yeah, ketchup too. Okay. It's good. So, yeah. so that, that's a thing that maybe not everyone, does, but, uh, you know, when I'm having, uh, when me and Jeff, when we're having, uh, you know, a meat with rice and eggs, we'll probably put some ketchup on there. That's just what's mm. going to happen. The achara, achara is awesome. You know, I don't get to have that a lot. Again, the last time I had achara was probably in Manila. So it's been yeah. a while since I, I've had that. It's not, um, it, it's awesome. I, uh, but it's not something that I get to have a lot. And so was yeah. that just kind of like on the table or that just came with the meal or what? Well, no, it, um, remember this was still during pandemic. So it was takeout. Oh, that's right. It's takeout. But okay. uh, each meal does come with a small side of achara. Very good as well. Yeah. How much was, uh, do you remember ballpark? How much that was? Uh, I remember, I think around the, yeah, between 15 and $18 and it was a big meal. Um, and that was like, each, right? Was that for each, each of them? Yeah. Each? It was okay. for each. Yeah. Big meals. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but we're talking, this is, this is, this is not street food. This is next level up, right? Yes. This is next level up. That's what Tito flips is. That's what actually, that's not what Tito flips is. That's what Canto is. Canto is, but Tito flips is that's it's called Canto by Tito flips. Um, so she actually has that container at market 707 at Bathurst and Dundas. However, she's opened a sit down restaurant. I know the timing is bad, but we're wishing her luck right in the junction. Uh, the oh, wow. junction in Toronto is sort of, uh, Bloor and High Park area. Sorry, Bloor and Dundas area. Um, uh, but uh, we'll give her, her. We'll give you the website. Um, and if you do order from Canto, you can either pick it up from either the, the original location at Market Seven Hundred Seven or in the Junction area. Nice. Uh, and we both can't wait to uh, actually sit down here in your restaurant. And we, we wish her the best. What would you give? I mean, I'm not going to have you rate your own food with this, as far as mm. gluten-free chicken. But what would you rate uh, on a scale of one to ten? The um, first, the topsy lug, and then the tosi lug. First, the beef, then the pork. Uh, for me, like I said, I prefer the sweetness. So for the for the topsy lug, I give it an eight. Okay. Um, and then for the tosi lug, I give it a ten. I, I love to see you know, um, uh, yeah, and. Even though the uh, the egg, because we had to transport it, wasn't as fresh or runny as, as, as usual, it was still good. The mixture with that, the rice, the the, the tocino, and the chata, always delicious. Always delicious. Now, when you think about this, is that we got a, a Filipino chef just said that he had a 10 out of 10 meal at a place called Canto. You probably want to go and try that. Again, that's the tosilog. <laughs> that is the, the pork one. And you get that at Canto, and I will definitely make sure to leave that information in the show notes because I'm sure that other people will want to try that. Yeah, and, and another shout out during this pandemic, Canto. Ever since the pandemic started, they've actually been feeding the healthcare heroes at various hospitals in Toronto area. I'm just on their web on their uh, Facebook page now. I know they they were at St. Mike's, they were at Sunnybrook, they were Princess Margaret. Uh, Scarborough General Hospital, but they've been feeding healthcare workers over here. Last week, we dropped off over 280 meals to our hashtag healthcare heroes. Um, and if you want to help them out, just go to cantocares.ca and I'm, I will provide the link to them. But 
you know, it's a lot of restaurants in Toronto and I'm sure the whole world are helping to feed our healthcare heroes during this time. And they're just doing a small, small part in doing it. But, you know, bravo to them, kudos to them for doing this um, for our nurses and all health workers out in the city. So it's not just about having good food. It's also about supporting local because when you support local, you support the healthcare workers. When you support local, you feed locals. So, you know, poutine, uh, Scott's poutine, not Scott's, Smoke's poutinery, they're feeding locally, um, you know, to, to those less fortunate. But then also um, Canto, they are feeding locally, but they're, they're feeding the heroes in the front line. So great. You know, just another reason to support local, of, again, you know, during this crisis, during the lockdown, during the pandemic, we want to do this responsibly and we want to make sure we're taking all the precautions, but we also don't want to eliminate them because if, if we don't support local, they will not be around when it's time to open things back up again. Mm-hmm. And that's important to remember. And so that is it when it comes to the, the food that we feel like is worth mentioning this week. Next week, we will be back with more food that is worth mentioning Uh, In the words of Julia Child, people who love to eat are the best people. All right, everyone, take care. All right, have a good day. All right. How do you think that went, Jeff? You've been listening to Santos Brothers Eat. Food worth mentioning.